I'm a true champion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the WrestleBook Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Nick. You know me, I'm a professional wrestler, booker, all that kind of nonsense. But I've got someone really special, really special this time around. Um, you may have seen him on America's Got Talent. Yeah, something as big as that platform. But there's a lot more than just that. And I know there is. And that's why I'm getting this man on today. He's known as Delicious Dwayne Douglas. <laughs> and, that's right. Um, it's the quarantine drink. Delicious Dwayne Douglas, the greatest no-contact wrestler of all time. The icon of isolation. The gyrating genius. And the former Isolation Wrestling Federation World Champion. See, that's an intro that I can't do justice to. That's something you got to give to us. Um, <laughs> Dwayne Duck, man, what a character. The first time right, I saw right. you, um, a lot of people will watch this and they'll want to know more. You know, I want to know more than just America's Got Talent. You know, you've probably heard that a million times now. Hey, America's Got Talent. You got to meet Simon Cowell. That's cool. But rest yeah, of yeah, yeah. So much further than that. Um, right. Talk to me about Dwayne Douglas, man. Talk to me about the journey to get here now you're a no contact okay let's get no right contact out of the wrestling yeah, how, do, how do we explain no contact wrestling yeah all right no contact wrestling is all the best elements of wrestling without the wrestling so what we're looking at here is kind of um over at the isolation wrestling federation on instagram where you can look up you know um where the action happens uh, tomorrow starts our King of the Screen 2 uh, tournament, 16-man tournament vying for um, supremacy and no-contact wrestling. So no-contact wrestling is wrestling without any of the wrestling, actually. So it's all the promos. Um, it's all the fun stuff. It's the storylines, the drama, and no actual bell-to-bell action. Um, it's pretty simple. It's all about, like you say, it's about the promo, it's about the character, it's about the delivery. It's about the characters, yeah. right, right, um, right. It's no. that throwback to 1980s, 1990s professional wrestling that we kind of just don't get anymore. Yeah, man, I um, I don't feel like there's enough big characters, big colorful characters, guys like Randy Savage, you know, Hulk Hogan, a little bit overdone at this point. Right. Randy Savage right. was the king, Rowdy Roddy Piper, the master of right. things of that nature. Um, how long... Has it been for you? How long have you had this idea in your head that no contact wrestling needs to be on a mainstream platform? Uh, what happened was is that back uh, when COVID had first started, sports had stopped. You know what I mean? Like everything shut down and what did we lose? We lost sports and we lost wrestling. So along with losing sports and losing wrestling, these two guys, Casey Hopkins in New York and Jimmy Riddle over in the UK in Hastings, um, over there, they created the Isolation Wrestling Federation. And what happened was, is that they started, they were friends. They started creating these wrestling characters and started calling each other out within the first couple of weeks of COVID, um, first couple of weeks of the shutdown. And then the next thing you know, some of their friends all started playing along and created these wrestlers and all started calling each other out and cutting promos on each other. And then one night, um, I, I, I was driving around with my roommate and um, because you, you weren't allowed to do anything. So you could drive to the supermarket and that was it. So you could go to the supermarket during COVID. So I was driving with my roommate and I was like, yo, listen, I think I have this idea where I'm going to get a green screen and a stupid outfit. 
and I'm going to cut wrestling promos on my friends. And like, I had ordered the stuff from Amazon, like the jacket and, and the look, the speedo and everything. And, um, I had found the isolation wrestling federation, like in between that time. And it felt like destiny. And it was like, here goes a bunch of other people that already had the idea that I had of coming up with a wrestler and creating these characters. So I submitted content to the isolation wrestling federation on Instagram where anybody can submit their content. You can be a, a no contact wrestler. Every listener of the show and person watching the show can become a no contact professional wrestler should they choose to. And um, I submitted some content. They liked it. And Delicious Dwayne Douglas was kind of off and running at that point. And because I loved wrestling, um, I loved being Delicious Dwayne Douglas. He was this hodgepodge of all these, these characters that I loved so much. And, and it was very clear that a lot of the other people doing the Isolation Wrestling Federation were similar people of similar interests. Like everybody kind of had this deep, um, passion for wrestling, whether it was they were when they were a kid or whether it's today or, or whenever the product was that they watched. Um, there was definitely elements where, you know, it's very clear that these great people that all created their own characters and we all kind of play off of each other and bounce off of each other in the Isolation Wrestling Federation. And that's how like no contact wrestling really got ahead of itself. We've had Wes Borland from Limp Bizkit do content with us. We've had Mick Foley do content with us. We've been on ESPN, uh, the New York Post. I've been on America's Got Talent. It's, it's wildly, it's steamrolled over time. And that's a really incredible thing that it just proves that it's like, if you just do this stuff, stuff happens. You know, and you just stick with it and you just do the stuff. And then I was contacted by a producer that asked me if I wanted to be on America's Got Talent. And we decided to bring no contact wrestling to the mainstream because it was offered. You know what I mean? Like, why not show the world this wacky thing that we had all created? Yeah, I don't want to peel back the curtain too much unless you're willing to obviously talk about it. No, America's yeah, Got Talent. Um, I don't know how much I am allowed to talk, and you know what I mean. So no, I understand that. Um, but like for you, like as soon as you came out on stage, like that's that's kind of the centerpiece, especially for a lot of us. We get America's Got Talent on delay on Netflix over here. So you know, right. for instance, you know, I sit down with my friends, we watch America's Got Talent, and we sort of just you know, consume it and enjoy it for what it is, you know, that platform. But I'm always in the back of my mind thinking, uh, slightly scripted, the moment you're on screen, I'm immediately turning to my partner. I'm like, it's a wrestler. It's definitely a wrestler. I can feel right, it in my right, soul. Right, because it's right. something that I've lived and breathed. Um, when does wrestling first become, let's take it all the way back. Let's strip it right back. When does wrestling first become a big deal for you? Who stands out the most? Um, as a kid, like, uh, I want to say like that far back in the eighties, like it was, um, weirdly enough, uh, Jimmy Valiant, the boogie woogie man yeah. was like the first guy I had noticed as a kid, as a little, little kid. And, um, the road warriors, uh, the road warriors would come down to the ring to iron man by black Sabbath. And that is single hit. Like in third grade, I was eight. I, I with my birthday money i turned nine that year my mom took me to a tower records and i bought black sabbath paranoid solely because of 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 the road warriors when i was eight nine years old so the road warriors and and, and jimmy valley and then when i want to say a little bit older the ultimate warrior like the ultimate warrior was 
oh man can i curse on here yeah of course man you oh he was fucking amazing when i was a little kid man like holy shit like oh the ropes he and it's it is like jim ross said he provided a lot of sizzle prior to the bell (laughs) and and that's kind of what we do in in the iwf is that we're a lot of sizzle and no bell to bell and it's kind of that like definitely i there's those elements of of triple d and the ultimate warrior for sure like uh uh it's a pace so yeah those elements and then growing up in in you know the 1980s and stuff and watching that hulk hogan error the ultimate warrior error leaving it and i i'm from south philadelphia so i lived a couple blocks from the ecw during the 90s and i was in my teenage years during that time period so i saw a lot of cool things in that bingo hall at swanson and rittner street so my grandma lives on gladstone which is the street next to rittner so it's like that's how close everything is so and right now i'm a gcw mark so like uh um i was at the cardona mick gate i was front row at the matt cardona was mick gate. it was spectacular man <laughs> like well, i danced with two cold scorpio and had a magnificent time so i threw tons of trash um, the video that Meltzer used, it's me right there throwing trash right in, right in the middle of the video. It's like, this is, I love wrestling, man. Like I, I love wrestling to death and no contact wrestling was just a way of continuing wrestling when no wrestling was happening. And then wrestling came back and everything had kind of steamrolled and we created these characters and it's, it's, it's hard to stop once you've created these stories and everything with these, with these characters. How all-consuming has it become now that it's on a mainstream level, so to speak, particularly in America? Um, how all-consuming is it for you? Do you find yourself slipping in and out of character? You must get approached yeah. in public so much as well. No, not surprisingly not. Like, really? surpri- I've, I've been approached probably like three or four times uh, uh, in public. Um, and I'm in a major metropolitan city. Like I'm in Philadelphia and... Mm. Like I, I ride the subway and everything like that. We're still wearing masks. So there is a level of that involved, but, um, uh, um, yeah, I, yeah. I really don't get noticed that much. Uh, uh, it hasn't, i made content today. Like I, I definitely made my, my stuff for this week for King of the screen. I made some content that like, I'm calling out, like I've decided at this point, now that I've been on a national level, I have been noticed somewhat. I'm sure like the video has been shared in wrestling circles and whatnot and everything. Cause it's wacky and crazy and shit um, is to put on my big boy speedo, so to speak. And uh, start calling out like actual real like professional wrestlers and see if we can get some guys to dabble in no contact stuff, you know, some high level indie guys, stuff like that. I did notice that NXT made some releases yesterday of some guys, you know, out there, you know, your Alex Zanes and your Jake Atlases and stuff like that. So if they ever want to make content. You know, Bray Wyatt, if Bray Wyatt would ever like to come to the Isolation Wrestling Federation and air his grievances, we'd be happy to have him. You know, he's, like he's absolutely. He's a like he's a character. He's made. For that. Oh, that is that is between that and Braun, like the Braun Strowman thing and the Bray Wyatt thing, just really like surprises me. That especially Bray Wyatt, a character that they kind of like grown over the last couple of years. They've given multiple pushes. He's changed his body over the last few years from the way he came in at the Wyatt family to the way he looks now is completely different. 
uh, uh, that just really surprises me in like big, big ways that that's, that's kind of the decisions that they're making. And then over there at AEW, you got all kinds of stuff happening there too. So it's like, oh, does anybody know what they're doing anymore? Like, no, it's pretty unhinged to be honest. WWE is yeah, well, G- that's why I'm a GCW mark, man, because the, like they've been a little indie company that could, and I live right there on the East Coast, and you know, uh, um, it man, like it's just neat to watch um, a company organically do what AEW is trying to do. If that makes any sense. What do you think about Nick Gage being in AEW? What kind of because obviously you would have had him. I watched of- it. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Nick Gage mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um uh I watched it, you know what I mean? It was nice to see him finally get that kind of like opportunity. I felt like, you know. Um, I kind of wish it was the Nick Gage five years ago, like fresh out of prison, Nick Gage, and not kind of the Nick Gage now, where I think age and wear and tear and stuff has, you know. Feel like he's a little more commercial now as well, Nick. No, no, not at all. Like I don't mind that. No, nah, I don't mind that at all. Like, um, I he deserves it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't see it as like, oh, MDK sold out. Like, yeah, I don't see. What do you think about the pizza cutter stuff and Domino's? That you must have heard about that. Oh, I thought was ah, you know what it is. Like, what, what, like, oh, WWE's trying to put, you know, let's shine a negative light on it, and it's kind of like bad press is still good press you know what i mean and now like tons and tons of people know who nick gage is like that's that's hey that's that's pretty cool and that was the same weekend that was the same week as the cardona match you know what i mean so it's like as a dude i had front row tickets to that you know i love nick gage like mdk all f and day man you know so, so you're you're an old school wrestling fan, but then yeah, you, like for instance, you're a guy who's seen the best of the best in a lot of people's eyes. Like you know, I'm I'm only 36, but I love the Mid South territories. I love yeah. NWA. NWA. I love that kind yeah. of you know Georgia, Smoky Mountain, yeah. everything mm-hmm. that goes with those territories. Mm-hmm. But then I'm so impressed by your positivity and your energy for a modern day product like GCW. The majority of fans, particularly older fans, would very much turn their nose up at it. I'm interested in the dynamics. You're a no contact wrestler. Do you have any passion or, you know, ideals of maybe going into the more physical side of things? If opportunities presented itself from no contact wrestling to take things in a more physical realm, uh, as say like something as like you know a lost art character like a manager you know what i mean where it doesn't really happen anymore um if that opportunity arose and somebody had like a great idea you know what i mean i would absolutely be into it because you, you love wrestling you know um i i love wrestling uh in a way like no contact wrestling is and being triple d is a way of i give back to wrestling i put carve my own niche in this weird niche it's 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 a niche con it's like a niche thing that we're into and it's a niche thing of the niche thing kind of like deathmatch wrestling like deathmatch wrestling is a very niche thing i grew up in extreme wrestling with the 1990s i watched women get power bombed through tables and all pile drived and i remember luna vashon making stevie richards bleed like a stock pig on a Saturday night in that sweaty ass bingo hall. And it was like 120 degrees in there and it smelled terrible. Um, it's so many dudes were in there back in the day. And, and 
like I remember all that stuff. So I think like I missed out on a lot of CZW, you know what I mean? Life and getting older and stuff like that. And what happened was that I'd gone to a wrestling, an indie wrestling show with a friend of mine. Just, we hadn't hung out in a long time. He's like, Hey, I got an extra ticket. You want to go? I was like, yeah, sure. We did that. And the next thing you know, it was like, yo, that was a lot of fun. Let's do the next one. And then along those lines of going to all these indie wrestling shows, that's when we discovered GCW. And like we had kind of stumbled upon it. And I knew Nick Gage, like I knew the story of Nick Gage because I followed wrestling. And so I knew who Matt Tremont was, you know, like those guys and um, the deathmatch guys. And then there was guys like Ruckus and stuff like that. I was wearing them, Joey Janela and stuff. They were all GCW dudes. Schlack, I'd heard of Schlack. I love Schlack. Uh, right. And um, I heard of all those guys. And we went to this GCW show and it was Nick Gage was the headliner and Matt Tremont was on the card. And it was like, holy shit, these guys are at this thing. This is going to be fucking awesome. And it was at the Voltage Lounge here in Philadelphia where they stick, they stuck a, a wrestling ring in a bar. And I had never seen anything like that before. Like there was glass breaking and there was glass flying all over you and everything. And it was super cool. And everybody was in leather jackets and, and everybody had lapel pins and drinking PBRs. And I was like, man, this is like hipster wrestling, man. Like there was no kids there. You know, it was, it was such a different vibe. And it was from that show. It was like, oh, there was a chair riot. Everybody was throwing chairs in the ring at the end of the night. It was after that, I was hooked. Like, I was like, oh, I love this. And then now I've been to a couple tournaments of survival and everything like that. I went to backyard wrestling this year. Uh, uh, it's been great. Yeah, I've had, and I even said to Brett Lauderdale, um, the owner and booker of GCW, I was like, Brett, I've had the best and most fun wrestling experiences because of Game Changer Wrestling, you know? And that's the truth. Like, Game Changer Wrestling kind of came along and I am optimistic about it because you see some of the best town of game changer wrestling go over to NXT and sure they're, they're getting let go. Like yesterday, like guys like Jake Atlas and Alex Zane, but you know, like they are going up, you know, guys from GCW move up. And that's where I think you see some of the best talent in the world on the indie scene right now. How far do you think no contact wrestling goes? Like, have you already reached the pinnacle? Cause like you've, you know, for you guys, it must be sky's the limit now because you've done so many amazing things, but right, right. dreams of taking it further, having it on TV. Absolutely. You know, starting to get absolutely, absolutely. It. Trying to figure out that perfect concept that gets no contact wrestling on television, especially with like the added exposure of America's got talent is that these characters that we've created, have you ever seen, uh, what was it? Um, uh, Southpaw Regional Wrestling, and it was yes. like John Cena yeah. and no. all them. Clint, yeah, that's what the IWF is. That's, that's exactly why I love your stuff. Exactly what like it is. Southpaw Regional. It's like Southpaw Regional, and that's kind of what we're doing is Southpaw Regional. And if there was a way that we could package it like a Southpaw Regional type show, absolutely. Maybe taking things in a much more longer form um with youtube and stuff we've made the move of of switching some content over to youtube and editing it together so this way people can find it there as well tiktok is another thing by doing quick motivational things triple d's on tiktok just doing quick motivational pump you ups and stuff live your best life you know that kind of thing um these characters are unique. No contact wrestling is a self-sustaining thing because you can be a no contact wrestler. Hmm. All the viewers at home can be a no contact wrestler. All the listeners can be a no contact wrestler. If you've ever had a character deep inside of you, you can just 
create that character. Give us a 60 second promo about yourself and your motivations in the isolation wrestling federation. And then somebody will contact you and we'll give you an opponent and you'll either call him out or he'll call you out or she'll call you out. And the next thing you know, you're a no contact professional wrestler. You're doing it. You're off the bench and in the squared screen you know, so to speak. So you can get out there, brother. You can cut that content if you want to, you know? I feel like uh, it's a good opportunity for me to work on promos a little bit more as well, to be honest. Like, Absolutely. I, work, I work so hard at the physical side of the aspect, but um, I was always fascinated because, like, obviously I have that extra caveat of being in there myself and kind of understanding the physical kind of sacrifices and the mental sacrifices. So, for me, the excitement of having someone of your caliber on is knowing that you are, for all intents and purposes, a wonderful, passionate, hardcore fan that's almost stumbled into something really beautiful, really unique. And yet wrestling's always going to have the negative Nellies and things of that nature. Now, I'm, don't get me wrong. There are certain things I don't like about wrestling and I am my grievances very honestly, but um, people have probably had things to say i'm hoping that the majority of things that you've heard are fairly positive, <laughs> but you're bound to get the odd comments guy saying hey you're not a real wrestler you're just some cosplay idiot etc whatever it might right be. right right, um, right how do you sort of gauge that kind of response on intended? um i well i do all the responses in character like because usually i'm being attacked through the character's page it never comes to my um to my personal page um all right here's a here's a good one back even before the america's got as the america's got talent thing was happening um i was in a i was in a promo battle with a house dj from the 1990s named dormouse and dormouse had a pretty big following that came along with him and he had kind of did this wrestling promo that was i still i still haven't watched the whole thing it's like three minutes long and it just goes on and on and on. And I kind of believe that like uh, promo is like a song. It has a rhythm to it. You know what I mean? So like as you're concocting it or you're writing it out or you're coming up with it or you're riffing it out of your mouth or out of your head and everything, it has to have a rhythm to it. And everything with is kind of how I believe. And uh, you need a, a beginning, a middle and an end. And this thing went on and on and on that I've still never watched it, but I beat him. And I used all my resources to like beat this guy. And um, with, cause we use votes in the isolation wrestling federation. So like you'll have like an independent have to, panel. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll campaign. You know what I mean? Like, yo, go vote for me, man. You know what I mean? Hey, can you a lot go of vote people for like me? that America, man. You right. Know. So can you <laughs> tell your friends to go vote for me and you got to hustle votes and I hate hustling votes. So I'd rather just put the content out there and just, you know, but we had to beat this guy, talked a lot of shit. You know what I mean? I had to beat him, you know, because I was I'm the top, I'm the face of no contact wrestling. And um, he came with some haters, man. Like to this day, I beat this guy the first week of January. It's now the it's August. I still get hate mail from Dormouse wow. fans. Like the other a couple well, of real ago, hate like, mail, like genius. real, real hate mail. Yeah, yeah. Wow. They hate me. Um, they call me all kinds of names and stuff and send me all kinds of wacky DMs and stuff. And um, I was up in the middle of the night. And um, my my girlfriend had rolled over and saw me texting, and I think she thought that I was like texting women in the middle of the night. <laughs> and I was like, "No, babe, I was. It's three a.m. and I'm fighting. I'm fighting about. with a guy named Big Hirsch. You know what I mean? <laughs> in my comments, 
you know, like talking shit to me at 2.30 in the morning. And I'm just like, yo, if you're going to talk shit to me at 2.30 in the morning, your promo better be fucking fire, dog. You know what I mean? Like, yo, you're going to make a video. It better be fucking good if you're waking me up, you know? So, like, you do get that. And I kind of come back at them as a character. And my approach is always, oh, you like to talk shit. Well, then make a video and I'm going to kick the shit out of you. Um, that's just how, that's kind of my view. Even if I lose, I just, I don't give a shit, you know, like it's just about making the content and getting triple D out there because you never know who's going to see the next wacky triple D video. Like I I've learned, you know, you get contacted by the weirdest people, West Borland and, uh, uh, uh America's got talent, this doormouse guy, you never know who's going to end up in your DMS because they saw your wacky video. Man, I fucking love Limp Biscuit when I was like 15, 16. Oh, you dude, I, I asked West Still Portland do now. For- Still yeah. listen to like, you know, Golden Cobra and things of that nature. And- oh, they're touring right now. Yeah. They just did the Lollapalooza thing and stuff. Yeah, we're a bit we're a bit heartbroken because obviously music's not. Like, I'm a big Cypress Hill mark, you know. Right, like, right. Get back over here because of, you know, borders and COVID and things of that nature. What Here's you got? One. Here's a good one. When I first went to um, when I first went to Los Angeles for America's Got Talent because NBC flew me out there, paid for everything, paid for my lift, told my lift driver, I was like, yo, I'm going to be in quarantine for five days. So you got to take me to a dispensary because I need a bunch of joints before I get locked in a hotel. And he took me to Be Real's place out in Pasadena called Dr. Green Thumbs. Dude, it was like a big warehouse. It was life for me, man. Incredible. Incredible. So yeah, it's pretty wild. I gotta get on America's Got Talent just so I can go and visit. Yeah, dude, I bought a bunch of joints from them, man. <laughs> Edibles and stuff. Slept for fifteen hours. It was great. I'm so jealous right now. Um, <laughs> the what I love about it is the positivity. Now you talked about the haters dealing with haters with that promo style and that big energy and not using like your own kind of emotions. More so taking the character, taking the persona, and using that almost like a defensive mechanism to try and. It's not real. Yeah, it's like, so, you know, in some ways, would you say that's a really unique idea and a really interesting take on how to deal with online abuse, trolls, bullying of that nature? Um, uh, with Larger this character, all. yes. Probably personally, I, I I don't know if I would have that same separation if these people were in my personal DMs. I feel like it would be a little different. But when it's the character, I have to remember that it's just he's the character. He's not me. Hmm. Delicious Dwayne Douglas isn't isn't the real Dwayne. Delicious Dwayne Douglas is this character that's evolved over you know the last year and a half. He's a guy that you know uh, he's weird and he's flamboyant and um, he'll sleep with a door, uh, a lamp, a man, a woman, an elephant. You know he's that kind of spectrumed out character. He's strange and odd. Um, he's sleazy and gross. Uh, we could play him for scary. We could play him for jokes. Um, it's it's however you want to do it. Uh, uh, um, I think there's all kinds of opportunities that'll arise. You know what I mean? Going forward with it all. Yeah. Have you had um, much interaction? I know you said like, you know, you've met a lot of wrestlers and you've had celebrities come in. Uh, How many actual wrestlers have kind of thought, do you know what? I'm going to use this as an opportunity to build my platform as well. This seems like something that a lot of wrestlers (laughs) like myself really shouldn't turn their nose up out. I know there's going to be guys out there who are going to say, oh, fuck that. That's not real shit. What you do is real. You right, take real right. Fun. 
But, right, you know, right. what's real, define real. That's ultimately in the eye of the beholder. It's very subjective as to what we believe is real now. Right, right. World like this. Um, how much of it has kind of, do you find that the real wrestling world, so to say, has kind of collided with your wrestling world and created just another facet for people to enjoy? Well, I think um, like we've had uh, like, for instance, we've had deathmatch wrestler Casanova Valentine as part of the Isolation Wrestling Federation since the very beginning. So Cass was always around making content and everything like that. And I think like uh, 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 and I've gotten to hang out with him since. So that's kind of like the really fun thing was that um, I'd seen him as a wrestler. Um, watched him wrestle Masada right before uh, a COVID at the last CZW show. Um, and then um, uh, COVID had happened. Cass was part of the Isolation Wrestling Federation. I joined the Isolation Wrestling Federation. Inevitably, we became opponents. Um, and then I ran into him at like the Nick Age Invitational. Then I ran into him in Brooklyn because I had gone up to Brooklyn to meet some Isolation Wrestling Federation people. And we all got to hang out. And um, I got to meet some of the guys from Boulevard Bullies, which are some content makers out of, out of Brooklyn and New York and stuff like that. And um, everybody's kind of like uh, uh, um, in the people in the wrestling world that I've met have been positive. You know, they get it. You know, they understand that we're carving out our own place in, in this thing that we all love. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm not going to lie. It's kind of dying. You know what I mean? So do we even have room for that kind of like, you know, haterade at this point when we're kind of in love with a with something that's kind of dying? You know, like, let's face it, man, viewers aren't going up because the WWE has a glass ceiling because the WWE won't allow anybody to get bigger than the WWE anymore. And that's kind of the problem. And AEW has the same problem. They're never going to get somebody bigger than the show. The show's the most important thing, not an individual wrestler. And I think that's where we're never going to get a Stone Cold. We're never going to get a Rock. We're never going to get a Hulk Hogan ever again, even like to lesser extent Sting's. Rick flares we're never going to get those kind of guys again bigger than life personalities because they're not allowed that's why we get weak sauce head of the table you know what i mean like i love the gimmick now i love the gimmick he's so but good. like he's so good but you know what we never would have got it had covid not happened yeah that's fair all right. It, the lack of crowds is what got Roman Reigns finally over because it, we never would have bought it. You know what I mean? Like, and to a lesser extent, Paul Heyman, you know, Paul Heyman has got a lot of, you know, big influence there. So it's kind of like, uh, uh, finally Roman Reigns is over as a bad guy, but man, it took, it took a long time. It took a really long time of him being ran down our throats. And then it took a national pandemic for it to have a, a worldwide pandemic for it to happen. Let's talk about the current product because it's your, what I love is, yeah, I could ask you all these questions, but you've covered, you know, what you're doing and what, you know, what's going on right, out there right. with the content and stuff. But I'm really sensing a passionate, hardcore wrestling fan. I don't just mean hardcore itself. Obviously, that's had a big identity on your life, but you've experienced right. so much. Take me back to the ECW arena, man. You obviously spent a lot of time in there. For people over here, the idea of the ECW arena, that's like a cherished platform. It's like a church. It's gospel. It's a church, right. We, it is. we will never 
get to feel that. I've got York Hall. I've got places like Albert Hall and stuff like that, but they don't have that right. same vibe. What's, right. um, what's your like really big memories of the ECW? I, the, the Dudleys were the, for me, it's the Dudleys were the most heat I had ever seen. Like uh, the Cardona thing over the weekend was the closest I'd seen since back in the day. And a lot of people compare it to the Hulk Hogan thing with the, with cause of all the trash. But when it came to like sheer heat was like the Dudleys, man. Like I saw Bubba Ray, like smack people and stuff like that, <laughs> like hit people. I saw people go bonkers over the Dudleys. Um, I remember uh, uh, Jerry Lawler uh, uh, whacking Tommy dreamer in the, in the balls with the, the kendo stick. And then that was a whole storyline where like Jerry Lawler was in ECW and they were connected with WWF at that point, like right around like the raw time period. And, and it was all hot. And um, uh, uh, I used to have, I worked at, there's a Boston market, like two, two or three blocks right near the ECW arena. And I used to work in that Boston market and the guys used to come in. So like there would be guys like Just Incredible and New Jack and Bill Alfonso, and I would give them free food. And they would give me these index cards with the ECW stamp on them. And they would be like, just hand, just hand it in at the door and I'll let you in for free. And it's like, this is amazing. You know what I mean? So like they would come in, you know, on certain days, I'd feed them for free at the ball. You can have whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like you, you want chickens? I'll give you chickens, you know, like, like you want meatloaf? I got meatloaf for you, you know, like whatever you want, you can have. So those were those kind of experiences. I always remember it being hot packed uh full of dudes and uh uh just wild like wild wild times man like guys like the franchise uh, uh um eddie guerrero uh chris jericho back in the day um i remember rick rude was there for a little while with the triple threat um did you get to see Brian Pillman, like his debut? In no, I did not see Brian Pillman there. No. But my favorite moment is Brian Pillman. And that promo is like really unhinged. And that promo, oh, is, when I when I go, I go into, my character takes himself into a very unhinged kind of environment sometimes, when, depending on my right. opponent. And I really channel Brian Pillman and everything that he did. And that was what ECW was about for me. Like I watch it back. Some of it was incredible. Like I was a huge mark for RVD. I thought RVD was the sickest thing. RVD. Martial arts. Oh yeah. Sabu. Yeah. 23 month television title reign. And, you know, uh, he'd have matches with guys that you would not think of now, like Chris Chetty and Roadkill and Danny Doring. And they would all be such great matches. Uh, Some of it, wasn't great looking back at it but i imagine when you're in there living it in that moment it's a different feeling how much of that feeling do you think equates to doing no contact wrestling because there's going to be loads of people sitting there going it's just a lot of weird guys dressed up in front of a camera shouting and making all this noise and cutting these promos and i'm like mate that's basically the bread and butter of what i do so shut the fuck up like (laughs) that's kind of what we do yeah we just don't have matches and hopefully like maybe one day we can do like a couple hybrid shows where we like add these kind of comedic elements where here in philadelphia there's this thing called awful wrestling awful wrestling seems to be this more um comedy centric pro wrestling so i've reached out to them so i'm just hoping like maybe eventually i'll hear from them and what we can all get together my plan is to like have an awful wrestling invasion 
of the IWF and then bring everybody in, start cutting content, cutting promos. Because the way I look at the IWF is if you're an indie wrestler, you should join because this is a place to hone your craft. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's a, a lot to be said um, about the promo game. Um, and I think it shows on a lot of shows, man, that guys don't, that, yeah, they can flip and they know holds, but they can't talk. And, and, you know, like I, I, this is what I say. The greatest wrestler in the world has an old man around with him doing the talking for him because he can't talk him. He can't get his bad guy gimmick over himself. He needs a bald old carny, like both of them actually in both of the top guys in both companies have bald old carnies doing the talking for them because they can't do it. I don't think Kenny Omega can talk and that upsets a lot of people. Yeah, I think that's what's missing. He's not a good character. He needs Don Pallas in there, baby. (laughs) Right. None of those guys are over. The elite, none of those dudes. Cody Rhodes isn't over. The Bullock, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the the Young Bucks, they're not over. And neither is Kenny Omega. Uh, They think they're over in their heads because of their YouTube show. But when it comes to an actual wrestling show, like these dudes don't connect with the crowd. Like the young bucks don't connect. I watch wrestling with kids um, and we watch AEW on Wednesday nights and those characters don't connect with the kids. You know what I mean? Like weirdly enough, Orange Cassidy is like, that connects with the kids. Tomorrow I'm going to the IWTV 100, which is the 100th uh, title defense of the, uh, uh, and it's over at the H2O uh, um, Hardcore Heaven or uh, yeah, the H2O Center in Williamstown, New Jersey. So Orange Cassidy will be there. And I'm taking the kids so they can see Orange Cassidy, like not in a big arena for an AEW show. How about a little warehouse like H2O? You know what I mean? Where you can see Chris Jericho, I mean, uh, um, Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander right in front of your face. You know what I mean? You can see Wheeler Yuta and stuff like that. You know, these, these, yeah, Dave Richards and stuff, these young indie guys that are, they're going to be top talent one day. And the kids get to see them, you know, now. Is it's the stars of the future today in independent wrestling? <laughs> who's um who's jumping at you right now in wrestling? Who do you watch and you think this guy's got it? This guy could really build our business back up to the state oh, that we man. want it to be in. I oh shit. Um I felt like Nick Gage was like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they put Nick Gage, if, if Nick Gage was given the opportunity to not just carve up, you know, Chris Jericho, but like if Nick Gage was treated the way Nick Gage is treated on the Indies. Nick Gage can get like to a. Not like now, a kind of- not now. Nick Gage five years ago. Yeah, yeah. But not now, you know, like you know, Nick Gage as he was built up. I think like Nick Gage right now is a little different. Um, I There's wear and tear. Um, I don't even know. I don't, I don't think he has much longer. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of wear. Does look, I think, I've got to be honest. He looks knackered and he looks a little weathered. It's probably. Not I don't want to. I don't want to say stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, I mean on a, you know, on a TV show. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll be Nick down Gage. for. I, to be honest, I'll be down for buying Nick Gage. I, I'm not really right. scared of anybody. I never have been, and I'd be more than happy to throw hands with someone like that. But at the same uh, time, I'm like, a. I'm a little scared. I'm a no contact wrestler, and I see Nick Gage all the time at wrestling shows. So. I'm gonna watch Have you uh, had a chance to speak to Nick Gage personally about what absolutely, absolutely no about no contact wrestling? No, mm. I don't advertise it too much at wrestling really? shows. Like I I there's the people that know I do it, 
you know what so I mean? Is that you worry that people are going to judge, or is it just you don't want to step on people's toes because they do it? I, 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 well, wrestling's a recreational thing for me, so it's more of like uh, not trying to bring that kind of attention because my it's my opportunity to, be, to let my inner twelve year old come out, and that's not what my inner that's not what I like. Wrestling is my happy place. Like pro wrestling and indie wrestling shows are my happy place. Yeah. So it's not like a I th- I've kind of definitely view like. Triple D is more like a business thing at this point where, you know, I take it seriously. I take the content seriously. So if people know about it, they want to talk about it. Great. But I'm not kind of like, Hey, I'm triple D the no contact wrestler. Look at me, look at me. You know, like, I think it's a little different at that point. Like I don't seek out the attention, but in a way I do because I put the stuff out there on the internet, but like at a wrestling show, I'm there to, I'm there to get attention in different ways um we like to keep it nice and tight but i'll if you'd love to come back on i'd love to have you back on you're the kind Absolutely. of guy love to have you, yeah love to have you on as a guest talk, yeah if you want to talk about the sh- like what's going on like wrestling stuff you know what i mean like anytime i'll be going to the nick gage invitational probably in october for ecw that'll be two day uh gcw that's two days yeah, we can, um, we've got a guy over here. Like we were actually scheduled um, when COVID kicked in. I had tickets for it. We had a three-day weekend. GCW were doing their first ever tour of the UK, and they were going to. They be- were, yeah. And I, you know, a lot of my friends were going to have the opportunity to wrestle on those cards. I think. Oh, uh, that's. I hope. Yeah, I hope you get that shot. So, uh, maybe Absolutely. one day, man. Maybe I'll just keep your head down, working, working. Like it's a, it's a weird business because what you do is so cool and so much fun, and you know, there's a lot of warmth there and excitement. But in the like, you know, the kind of hard hitting sort of training schedule of it, and there, there is very much a mentality of you don't say anything and you take your whippings, and right, you know, that, can, right, that can be a little right. demoralizing, which is why. The podcast was an outlet for me to show people that wrestling still got an entertainment value. It's not all about just taking a hundred flip bumps and then throwing up at the toilets around the back, which we've all, we've all been there and done. <laughs> right, right. That's where no contact wrestling made me realize that if I had muscles and athleticism, I could have actually, and I was younger, I could have been an, a professional wrestler. But I'm 43. I'll turn 44 at the end of the year. I'm not doing any flips. I'm not taking any bumps like of that not. kind of serious nature. <laughs> I'm not learning how to moonsault now. Um, this is my way of giving into the wrestling world that I've always kind of wanted to be a part of since I was a kid, but I didn't have muscles or athleticism. And in a weird way, how, how does anybody get in the wrestling industry? You know what I mean? Does everybody kind of, there's no set path into it. We all kind of carve our own way and figure out our own way into the wrestling industry. And I think um, I didn't mean to, I can't believe the character's gotten as far as it's gotten, but I did never really meant to like be part of the wrestling world. And now that I am, I want to carve this niche for the isolation wrestling federation. So it has this little footnote in history of wrestling that these weirdos existed. They made this great wrestling content that, you know, was so good. It was hard to be ignored because it was all the most fun things about wrestling, but it didn't have any wrestling to it, but it had the spirit of wrestling and professional wrestling, actual real professional wrestling shows lack that spirit that we have in the Isolation Wrestling Federation. It's, there's a clear lack of love that goes on in the WWE and AEW's product is that there's just no love there. And I think in the 80s, you could see the love in it all. 
and there's just no love for it. It's been watered down and washed out. And again, the glass ceiling, man, you know? Yeah, it's, um, I've been very blessed. I've now afforded, uh, I got into wrestling really late. Like I, I, I say I'm old at 36. That tells you everything you need to know about what the wrestling was. Like I started three, three and a half years ago. And I'm lucky that I'm now being used because I'm a graphic designer and things of that nature. So I'm getting used on the videography side of things, the booking side right. of things, creative and stuff. And that's kind of where I'm starting to really carve out a niche and where I'm really starting to get excited. And I see someone like you and I see an opportunity to, you know, I'd love to have you over here, come on our shows. I'd love to, I think you've got the potential to be legitimately one of the better managers. You've already got such a cadence and a passion for the entertainment right. aspect right. of it. And I, I think that more and more people should be encouraged to bring their characters to wrestling. And it shouldn't just all be about, I want to see a six foot four jacked up to the gills, man, taking bumps and doing technical handlocks. That stuff's great. And we've got loads of guys who can do that. But, you know, the art of the manager, for instance, is such a dead art. And that's why people lose their minds for Paul Heyman, because there just isn't anyone left who can do what any, he can do. Yeah, there's no, yeah, Don Callis, nobody's doing nobody's doing it you know what i mean and it's it's that kind of thing where how many how many tag teams and how many uh factions do we need on like aew and wwe but we My don't the only manager the only managers we get are our divas you know what i mean like females that they don't have any roles for but when i was a kid there was jimmy hart there was freddie blassie you know there was a grand wizard there was all these guys that like paul ellering um uh paul Heyman, um engelbert humperdink uh there's uh gary gary hart gary freaking hart dude uh what a badass you know what i mean and um uh there's none of those guys Ivy, crazy names like oh man but yeah, I'm, I'm very blessed that I'm so passionate about it. I just consume all of it as much as I can. And it has kind of become all consuming in a way. And I'm blessed because I spent 17 years of my life doing the nine to five thing, doing the 50 hours a week, you know, being a postman, right. doing right. the miserable shit that we don't want to do, but we have to do right. to make ends meet. And now I get, I'm blessed that I can flex myself and be an independent artist. And that's what wrestling gave me. Um, I always like to end with word association. A little bit of fun. We obviously give you a name and then you tell us a word to oh, describe sure, that yeah, individual. Yeah. Right before we do, however, obviously no contact wrestling. You mentioned there's shows and uh, presentations and things of that nature coming up. What's uh, what's in the near future? What have you got to plug? Uh, over, over at Isolation Wrestling Federation on Instagram, tomorrow starts our King of the Screen 2. King of the Screen is a 16-man and woman uh, no contact wrestling tournament for supremacy and a chance at the title of no contact wrestling isolation world federation champion. So uh, go over to isolation wrestling federation on Instagram tomorrow. Uh, the festivities will begin. It'll um, likely uh, be dropping either tomorrow or Monday. So how long is it going for? Is yes. It, uh, it should be going on for about a week, week and a half. The first round should take. And then uh, the second round and then the third round. And then we'll find out who um, the greatest no contact wrestler of the world in 2021 is and who our possibly new no contact wrestling champion will be. So that starts tomorrow over at Isolation Wrestling Federation uh, on Instagram. I, I recorded a heater today. It's uh, it's really funny. I feel like it's one of Triple D's best videos. He comes in real hot on this one. My opponent is Big Dick Richard, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna take, 
I'm going to take Big Dick Richard to places he's never been before in the squared screen. Kind of a, it's kind of a double hitter for Big Dick, isn't it? Because Richard it is, it is, it's I'm quite sure well, Triple Richard D big, loves Big Dick, just so that everybody that's knows. That's a double dick you've got going that on. That is, that is, that's, that's Big a, Dick Dick. Yeah, I don't, don't think right. I haven't spotted the joke there, Richard. Don't think I haven't right, spotted that right. stuff. I'll endeavor to get this podcast out then. I mean, rapid. So it might be half two in the morning, but we're going to get to work. Um, awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So, guys, check that out. Check out Instagram. Um, any social yes. media you'd like to plug? Merchandise? Uh, you can follow me over at Delicious Dwayne Douglas on Instagram. That's triple D I W F on Twitter and Delicious Dwayne Douglas on TikTok. And that's where you, or you could just search Delicious Dwayne Douglas on any Google search engine and plenty of, of my content comes right on up. You can see the uh, America's Got Talent performance. I have a music video that I just released called The Tasty Daddy. So you can see me uh, sing a rock and roll song as well, kind of like Jesse Ventura's The Body Rules, you know, or Land of a Thousand Dances that the old wrestlers did or Stand Back by Vince McMahon. Stand back. That's incredible. You know, you ain't shit in wrestling unless you have a song. So Kenny Omega, you know, you listen. Triple D's got a song. What do you got? You fucking bum. (laughs) You fucking jump. Brony, mate. It's just, yeah, that's Kenny Omega in a nutshell. I'm just saying. Man, I just uh, I like the opportunity to just riff on Kenny Omega oh, quickly. Uh, right, I've got okay, a few names, okay. um, which I'm kind of going out on a limb and assuming that you'll know these names, obviously, sure. and uh, hopefully you'll be able to. But now, obviously, it's word association. But if you feel like you want to throw out more than one word, of course, we're not going to shackle someone of Triple D's knowledge and Triple D's charisma. So feel free to hit us up. We're going to start with a good one and a simple one. Matcha Man Randy Savage. Oh yeah. That's perfect. It's so easy, yeah. isn't it? it really is. Yeah. How about the genius Lanny Poffo? Great heat. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? Wildly underrated. I Wildly. Uh, I, oh, so I was a child that was so mad at that man. The campness added to it at that time. Uh, when like, they made, added him with, yeah, with Kurt Henning was was whoo. Right there. You know, it's like when Goldust first broke in and you didn't know what this sexuality was about. And I like that because that was edgy. But obviously, that's Triple D. People, right. Triple D has that. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. That's uh, seriously all equal opportunist. That is good stuff. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, they live. Oh, that is. Yeah. That's on Netflix right now. And if you haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. It's so He's here to kick ass and chew bubble gum. Oh, yes. Um, let's mix it up a little bit. Alex Zane. I've seen him do amazing things live. Do you think there's more in the tank for Alex Zane? You think he... Oh, I think there's a lot in the tank for Alex I Zane. I don't know what they're doing. It might benefit him. from being removed. It might free him up more. Alex Zane was always more better expressive. than Ari Sterling. And that's the tweet he put out earlier, that Alex Zane's greater than Ari Sterling, and he always was. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely fair, man. Uh, Nick Gage. Ah, man, it's the king. It's <laughs> the, the god of this shit. He's probably favorite? my favorite wrestler currently right now. There's a there's a there's a bloodlust that comes with the the Nick Gage walkout. You know, the mosh pit and yeah. being in that and everything is kind of yeah, you know rah, You know, Nick Gage is probably my favorite wrestler currently. So yeah, the man, the king, the god of this shit, Nick fucking Gage. 
There you go. And um, I won't be talking shit about Nick Gage anytime soon. I'm more scared about you coming for me than Nick Gage, to be honest. <laughs> um, let's be real, man. Now then, uh, oh, Jerry the King Lawler. Oh, man. Oh, that stuff in Memphis is just uh, Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Like when I think Jerry Lawler, I think Andy Kaufman right there. Lights out. Absolutely. Lights out. Here's a good one for you. I'm sure he's somebody who would probably have many an opinion on you. Jim Cornette. Um, You know what? I disagree with a lot of things he says. But I love I'm a Jim Cornette guy. I am. I'm like, a I, I listen to the podcast. I, I'm, I'm on the call to Cornette on like Facebook and stuff like that. Like I, I, I like his insights and I think he's a wonderful, wonderful pro wrestling mind. I don't think he understands a lot of modern stuff. Like, I think he's just a little too old. Um, and he does want his, the presentation to be 1970s style pro wrestling. And I like that, but there has to be room for your Dan Housens and your yeah. Orange Cassidy's and stuff like that. Yeah, he, um, do you know what? I love that. I could just splice that audio because I have arguments, pitch battles with people online all the time. Cause like, you know, I, I get called British cornet a little bit and I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> like for me, I, I love what Cornette has to say, but there are times when I think, please shut up. Like, you know, he's right, so wrong right. about it. So, like, he doesn't like Ortiz and Santana and Ortiz, and I think they're sick. They're, like, my favorite tag team. They're so inspiring. Intergender wrestling. He doesn't yeah, like I think it's wrestling. important that even if someone says something inflammatory, that you're able to understand that that person can still provide knowledge, particularly when they've been in our business for so long. Correct. And I think that's so important. I think it's... It's dumb to turn off that voice. Yeah, Do you know what yeah, I mean. I think it's, it's very it's... ignorant, and I think that's kind of indicative of a lot of people in wrestling. And I think right. that's why wrestling is struggling because just because he says some nasty shit about AEW stuff doesn't mean he doesn't still have good points to make. So correct, correct. Yeah. That's kind of my thing. Like I've watched AEW and really enjoyed the show, and then listened to Cornette, and he and he just trashes it, and it's like, bud, yeah, this is where I know that you're just not. I don't know if he'll ever be able to look at it in a positive mindset unless he was actually writing the stories and, and running it. Cause it's no. very much a, if I was running things type of attitude. Yeah. That's, that's unfortunately the problem is, you know, he's got an idea or a vision of what right. it would be. Right. So that's fair enough. Um, but it's nice to see that even people like yourself understand the value that someone like Jim Cornette does have. He just passed actually very recently, beautiful Bobby Eaton. Oh, one of the best of all time. Tremendous worker. And one Sweet of the best mullet. Yeah. Like, one of the best mullets in the game. Oh, man. The, the idea that he would carry a separate briefcase with toiletries for guys who couldn't afford to wipe their own right. ass and stuff is right. so wicked. And that shows that that old era isn't necessarily all as bad as we think it is. It, it isn't all shitting people's kit bags and hanging them up by the right. coat. Stuff. <laughs> right, it's, right. You know, he really, it's guys like Bobby out there. Yeah, Bobby was truly beautiful in every sense, and that's where he earned that name. And, man, he was so special. Uh, Ric Flair? The Nature Boy, greatest of all time. So, greatest to ever do it. So. Greatest to ever lace up the boots. Greatest to ever pick up the microphone. There's so much Triple D. There's so much Ric Flair and Triple D um, that it's, yeah, the the core influence is Ric Flair with Triple D. Like, the, if there was a core skeleton, that skeleton's Ric Flair. Is there any dreams to get Ric Flair on side for this kind of thing? I feel like as he's uh, having if, a bit if more that happened, 
It would be amazing if it did. I mean, McFoley tagged along. We've had, you know, Cornette uh, do some stuff with us as well. So sky's the limit. You never know. You know what I mean? Oh, if the right opportunity the came along. Out Rick now. Oh, <laughs> if he saw this, it would just be amazing. Or if he saw the Isolation Wrestling Federation, I think he would get it. I think all those old-time wrestlers would get what we do. Mick Foley loved it. Mick Foley was like, you guys are geniuses. You've, you're more fun than the actual wrestling shows. Mick Foley is the nicest guy in wrestling, and he just it's wants great, everyone great to thrive. Um, Mick Foley is a really fine example to me, especially. You don't have to be a body guy as long as you're passionate enough and you want it enough. You can make you love wrestling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we all love wrestling. And do you know what? I've been guilty of going down the cornet route sometimes and shitting on things just for the sake of shitting on things. But having a chance to talk to someone like yourself, especially, has really reminded me that we all love wrestling. And we can all have our own little sections of wrestling and still have fun. So maybe a little bit less division. Um. It's a dying, it's a dying thing, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. we shouldn't have haters in it. Um, we should all kind of have that self-awareness to realize that this platform that we love, this thing that we love of pro wrestling isn't growing audiences. Like the audit, the houses aren't getting packed anymore. It's no. not stone cold Steve Austin days. You know what I mean? It is what it is. And um, wrestling needs as much help and as much positivity as it can get. You know what I mean? And I kind of wish that guys like Jim Cornette would realize that is that, you know, the art form's dying and we're all caretakers of it. All of us that love pro wrestling, if we love pro wrestling that much, then we need to, we need to be caretakers of pro wrestling. We need to carry that torch. Beautifully beautifully said um it's it's a shame actually because i'm sitting here thinking man think how much if jim Cornette could just calm himself how important he would be to the growth and creativity on an right. aw or even an nxt right, right now he had a good therapist Woo. yeah yeah i mean I, jim Cornette, I, I could spend hours talking to jim Cornette and ah. picking his mind but at the same time i always feel like i come away knowing that he kind of didn't want me to succeed as much as i would like ah, and that, sure he's he's forgotten more than we remember you know yes, what i mean that's exactly it yeah. yeah he'll take a piss and there'll be more knowledge in that piss of wrestling. and in that piss than our whole yeah. bodies right right um here's an interesting one uh casey hopkins mad genius yeah i uh i love i love him yeah like um let's see <laughs> i like this one ultimate horrier ah <laughs> uh, richie is awesome met her in brooklyn a few months back and she is awesome she is fantastic in real life that's like the dream wife if i'm being real <laughs> nice she is great she's a babe yeah yes. yeah absolutely amazing i love that spirit and it also shows hey you know it's all about the women here as well women's wrestling by the way just stop right sleep. right our our champion is busty biceps and she is a woman you know so um giovanni lasagna ah the sauce my ass my arch rival he's a scumbag he i is. wish nothing but i wish nothing but terrible things for that scumbag that paisan how good is he at making a lasagna uh, he's not good at all. It's trash. That's some fake uh, shit. <laughs> uh, it's terrible. It sent me to the toilet. You see that video I made? God, I was sitting on the toilet for hours. You have to spice that shit in now. Quite literally. Terrible. Uh, as we Disgusting. move towards... <laughs> as we move towards the finish, um, Busty Biceps. 
wonderful champion, but she's been nobody knows where she is. She's been sitting on the shelf for too long, holding on to my belt, my <laughs> title. Take him. Just hiding, hiding from Triple D. She doesn't want any of this. I heard she's doing some Mother Teresa shit, but nobody cares because no contact wrestling business is happening over here. Um, somebody I'm personally a big fan of, <laughs> Double H, Harold Hopkins. Darryl, Double H, Harold Hopkins. He's the champion of women, the former women's champion. I'll have you know that he is one of the biggest feminists I know. Biggest. He loves women. Uh, I've got two more here. Um, I had to bring this one in. Daddy Deltoids. Daddy Deltoids. Oh, she's tough. I lost the Daddy Deltoids, and I don't think I should have. But we are both daddies, and she was wonderful to work with on my music video. So I tried to propose a tag team with her, the Zaddies. Fine. And we would take the No Contact Wrestling World by storm as the top tag team in the IWF. Yeah, crazy mark for Daddy Deltoids. Send them all over. She'll rip my head off, but it'll be worth the funny. She doesn't take shit. No, she didn't she take is. triple D. She put me on a leash. It was no. like I was, I was, that's it. Who's your daddy? Daddy Deltoids. Simple ass, really. That's right. Um, and finally, probably the cream of the crop here. Um, word association, as many words as you'd like to cover. Delicious Dwayne Douglas. The greatest no contact wrestler of all time, Triple D. Um, a character that I created and I cannot believe that it's gotten this far. I cannot believe that I'm on a podcast. This is like I've done a bunch of podcasts since America's Got Talent and I, I can't believe it. Um, uh uh keep if there's anything to show with triple d uh make content make content stay be consistent follow through don't just make content keep making content there's days where i don't want to make content and i put on the speedo and i put on the jacket and i yell whether i want to make it or not because it's about keeping the content out there putting it out there making it getting seen um honing the craft of cutting a good promo um is all because of this wacky character that triple d i'm going to do triple d until i can't do triple d anymore um i was like even if i'm the only person in the iwf and i gotta wear lucha masks as my opponent i'll keep doing triple d stuff you know i'll always cut those promos because it's at this point um it's a craft that i like to to hone yeah, the, the last thing I really want to throw in there um, before we say goodbye is I'm a content creator and I work so hard. And like you, there are days when I just found like today I've been, Don't you know, I've been it. up better part of 18 hours now. And I went to see my soccer team, as you guys would call it. And, um, you know, I'm exhausted. But then I get a chance to talk to someone like you. And it reminds me why I love doing this. And it's not because I want right. a massive amount of subscribers because I don't have that. But what I do have is Same. a passion. See, I didn't get some that? huge bump from AGT. I still have like 400, uh, 400 followers on my, on my Instagram page. Uh, that's never something I worry about. I make triple D content. Cause I like making my friends laugh. Yeah. I like, like making myself laugh because I feel like a mad genius when I do the videos and, uh, and I come up with some weirdo idea and I'm like, Oh my God, this is so funny. I can't believe I'm this funny. And I do it because of that. And I do it because when I'm done my videos, I get to send it to all my friends and they tell me how crazy I am. If other people watch it. Awesome. You know what I mean? But I don't worry about that. I just worry about my next opponent 
and whatever crazy idea that I have to make a video, you know what I mean? Whether it's throwing Triple D in a scene from Twin Peaks or throwing Triple D in House of a Thousand Corpses or uh, my next opponent or making a, an IWF toy commercial or a 1-900 number commercial, you know, like a sex line I did with Triple D, like call me now. And, and I did all that stuff. It's whatever the idea strikes, you know what I mean? Of how can we make a vignette or what's a great idea? What's funny? What's a good promo? I just keep doing it because I know other people want to see the content in a weird way and i have friends that like love it and i just want to make my friends laugh a beautiful message for people to pick up on uh, just Triple do D. the stuff just do it just do it as much as you can do it do the it, thing. Just do it. <laughs> and wrestlemania do thing. 9 that's what that's what randy savage said right at the beginning of wrestlemania 9 go back and watch it. he goes lock and load and do the thing and do it yeah spot on um thank you so much for giving me so much thank of your you. time Please come back on the podcast. You are. I, I would love I, to. You have reinvigorated my passion for being a little bit more positive about wrestling as well. So awesome! I hope that. you watch wrestling after this. Like you go yeah, to bed. Yeah. Watching well, wrestling. I mean, I'm going to be watching a lot of your stuff because there's a lot of editing that needs to be done yeah, now. But yeah. um, and it's worth it. It's worth every moment. Um, awesome. Thank you so much, man. Anything else you want to thank say you. to people before we wrap? No, it up? just just follow Isolation Wrestling Federation on Instagram. Follow Delicious Dwayne Douglas on Instagram, especially this week. There is a new Delicious Dwayne Douglas heater coming out. Guess my opponent, Big Dick Richard. So follow Isolation Wrestling Federation on Instagram. Submit your own content. Make a 60-second video of your no-contact wrestler. Submit your content because we want it. We want new no-contact wrestlers. Triple D needs new people to battle. Is there an email they can send those videos to? They can send those videos directly to the Isolation Wrestling Fed. Just post it on Instagram and tag us over at Isolation Wrestling Fed. Or use the hashtag IWF Pros. IWF Pros, that's the hashtag. And just... You know, use that hashtag, submit your video, and you'll hear from somebody really, really fast. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you get on that. This could be an opportunity for you there to grapple with Triple D. And let's be honest, it's the pinnacle. It's the pinnacle of this business. Um, but yeah, like I say, man, nothing else left to say, but thank you very much. Awesome. Thank time. you. I had a great time. This is a blast. Thank you very much, brother. I look forward to having you back on very soon. Absolutely.